Did, did you listen to last episode? Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was real bad. <laughs> Do I need a third one, Pop? What do you think? A what? A third one. A third what? Beer cola, man. Oh, I got one down. Oh, I didn't think they'd let you drink dry, dry base or something, you know. Nope. All about drinking out here. You boys ready to go? Sure am. I wouldn't say I'm ready, but I haven't been ready for 20 episodes in a row. Might as well make it 21. Episode 21 of Banging on the Drum, where we are still on 50% as good as we're going to get so far. Episode 21, we're shooting for 42 to be to be up and fully running. Uh, this is the best podcast out there that talks about the Packers, Badgers, Bucks, Brewers, eventually Predators, Tots, FC Dallas, and says the F word more than Pulp Fiction in about a two-hour span every day. How we how we doing, guys? How we doing, Riley? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm doing great. great. How how's our F-word champion up in the up in the top of my screen? Oh, doing awesome. I'm gonna try <laughs> to limit the F-words as much as I possibly can today. You know, I did listen to the last one and it was <laughs> farting bad. Farting bad. <laughs> So, you know, uh, that's funny because I didn't even think of it until right now, but this would be our uh, New Year's checkup. So I didn't even put put it in uh, the show notes that I sent out, but I think we failed that one. So I don't I don't, I don't think that one. So we want to say the F word less than like. I think it was 600 times for the year or something, though. <laughs> I think I hit that in the last episode alone. Yeah, no, I was impressed. Like I was editing in it and I was like, holy cow, this this guy can drop the F word like a champion. But in Mike's I defense, I he says it so casually that it's hard to, for me to edit it out. And I edit out when I say it because I say it more like emphasized in like with a break but like mike is just like so good at like just saying it and flowing <laughs> blows my mind uh so i do have like a theory about the f word right my whole attitude towards this word is that it's just a noise right as long as i'm not using it to say like something negative to somebody Fart right. you, you stupid mother farter. Yeah, if I like something like that. My theory is if I said what the heck, nobody would think two things about it. And if I said what the hell, they might be like, Oh, you're going too far. But if I say what the fuck, they're like, Holy shit, this guy is way out of hand. 
Same, it's the same thing. I'm everything I said meant the exact same thing. What the no, hell? I agree. It doesn't bother me at all, but like I definitely noticed it a ton. I, I noticed it too. I, I was more amused by it than anything else because I didn't notice it when we were recording at all. It was just like I said, you dropped those pretty, pretty smooth. You're good at saying the F word. So I think that when I get into like trying to like flow through stuff, the F word is like, um, to me. It is. No, I noticed yeah. that. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm trying to think Riley's a big, um, and then rolls. So his are, his ums are easy to cut. I think my ums, you say something before everything that I cut out a lot, uh, but I can't, think, sure. I can't sure. think of what it is, but you, you like ask a question and then you roll into something. <laughs> if you look back through my edits, you'll see like I cut out spots like before you, there, there'll be like a sentence that you say before you start saying, I mean, we all have our shit, but yeah, just learning how to, how to edit better. Like, I think I say, but think a lot. I talk slow in general. So whatever, whatever off on a tangent there. So let's start with overs and unders. I'm going to kick it to Riley. I think too, I think we're going to have some new crowd. So overs and unders are just the best thing that happened to us of the week is the over worst thing that happened to us of the week is the under. So Riley, let it rip. Well, I know you're going to bring something up, but I'll just do my own. Oh yeah. Um, Riley had some good ones. Yeah. So my over, I had my first crawfish boil this weekend. Actually, it was really fun. Good food. I do have one complaint coming in the spicy meatball. We'll get to that later. But uh, no, it was fun. It was good. Good food. Good time. Yeah, so, my my first crawfish boil. I I was blown away. The experience is cool. I like crawfish, but it's not like I would more go there for the experience. Of yeah, it. that's what I. Yeah, exactly. It was a cool experience. Crawfish are good, but crawfish mm-hmm. boils are great i would yeah, say exactly so how big is like a typical crawfish that you cook i don't know cut like what would you say eight inches long pat that's okay so they're big, big. That, that's a little big yeah. i would say probably more like yeah that's a tough question like now that i <laughs> but I, I would say more like four inches they're they're closer to the sure twice the size of yeah them, so i guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, yeah but the meat you get out of it is so little so yeah. it's only like literally like a half an inch to inch of meat yeah. so i, I think i can guess that. where riley's uh spicy meatball is coming in but definitely a food you got to work for yeah yeah that's okay. coming. that's coming um, so like the crawfish in wisconsin can you do those like you guys have seen those right yeah I've pretty seen small. those. I just think it's different in the South. I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of like a Wisconsin crawfish boil. I, me neither. I mean, that's just me. But as soon as I came down here, everybody talks about it. So it was kind of a, had to experience it. Yeah. But I don't think the crawfish in Wisconsin, like you can cook like that. You might be able to, I don't know. 
it's definitely a big like cultural experience, especially like Mississippi, Louisiana stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, so when I was in Biloxi, that was like there was big. It was big time over here. I would think it would still be big time. But one thing about I've noticed about the South and the North is mammals. So mammal animals. I don't know why I have to say that, but like our are bigger in the in the north, but like crustaceans yeah. like that and like bugs are way bigger in the south. Like spiders I, down here are bigger. Any bug you see is like magnified, but the squirrels are smaller, the deer are smaller. That's I saw I saw my first like lizard or iguana the other day, and that was pretty electric since moving down here to go along with that. Do you guys have a bunch of little geckos running around all the time? Yes. In some areas we do. I know at my girlfriend's mom's work, they have like a corner of their parking lot just filled with those iguanas or I don't know what they are, but, and then I haven't seen, I've seen, I saw my first one like the other week. So I don't know. It's how that works, but. That's pretty cool. Cause I don't know. If I've seen an iguana down here, we have a ton of like salamanders. I think they are like, I remember when I first started walking my dog down here, she was always like darting into bushes and stuff. <laughs> and I did not know like what was going on. I was like, what is wrong with my dog? Like it just keeps trying to dive into these bushes. And then once I started paying attention, there's just these lizards like running all over the place. Like I'll see a hundred on a walk. That's bare minimum a hundred, but derailing Riley. Okay, keep going. Um, yeah, my so yeah, my over was that crawfish boil. My under, we can get into this one. I uh, spelt a uh, name of a guest, very special guest. I spelt his name wrong in the text to him, so <laughs> <laughs> I felt like such a, like just a dumbass. So, oh, you are. No, that that made my day when you said that. And I like I knew it that's not how you spelt it. I have the same name of a person in my contacts, but it's spelled differently. So I it auto-corrected or just went to that uh one spelling and it it just and I felt dumb in the, at the moment, but I'm sure he gets it. So Yeah, no, I I think if you have a name like that, you're used to it. Yeah. yeah, and his name is not the traditional spelling, correct? I have no clue. I think I'm actually the culprit for, like, Riley getting it wrong because we have a, like, a thing to get ready for the interview, and I'm pretty sure I still have his name spelled wrong <laughs> at the top of it. But but you definitely can Google. Like, I've definitely done my research on him and like him a lot. So that is our uh, – that's our tease for the week. But, but yeah, it was pretty funny that you did that. It made made my heart happy. Well, it, was, it was tough. It, was, it took one to the chin there, but that's okay. I thought you had something else, too. You good to go? Oh, but we got the guests. So yeah, that. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> other overs. Yeah, we got the guests. Pretty fun. Pretty well-known. All right, Mike. Uh, so I got in a little fender bender this week dented my the bumper of my car so the plastic piece of my car and then put a little scrape in the 
in the metal part. So that's my under for the week. Just really disappointing. I get in my car, nobody's behind me. And I'm like on the side where you get, so I'm returning oil to Walmart. So I'm just taking it so that it gets recycled. And I'm on the side, like where nobody else should go unless they're doing the same thing I'm doing, like just going in there, signing the book and getting out of there. And so like I get in my car, put, put the kids in the car, get in and I start backing up and some lady's pulling in right behind me. Oh, and I was like, Oh my God. But positive part of it. So I spent, you know, a good, probably 45 minutes or an hour, like trying to scrub like the paint off of there in which it worked. Most of it's gone. Right. So there's little pieces that are still there. And then I, was able to pop the dent back out and it looks normal. So that's good. But I was like very disappointed in my driving skills. So I have questions. Were the kids just jacked? Like, were they super excited about it? I don't think they knew what happened. Like, so the <laughs> oldest wasn't there. And so it was just the five-year-old and the two-year-old. So I don't think that they really even knew. But they're, but, I mean, obviously they're all right. Else you wouldn't be. This. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, like I said, I was like barely moving. Okay. Right. But it was enough to like push that plastic bumper. Gotcha. And I got under there, popped it right out. Looks okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That could be an under. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my uh, over kind of stems from my under from last week. So I got to sit down with, you know, kind of my extended family and just like sit and chat get a nice little day drunk on it was like it was a really like outside of the fact that you start with the funeral like the party afterwards was really nice and then we my uncles and their cousins and my dad i guess like kind of started a tradition about they call it banging on the kettle and it's uh taking shots right at the gravesite. so i had i had like one like shot of um jameson like an Irish whiskey family's Irish. And then, so my, my dad's uncle that passed away, he's a scotch drinker. And my, two of my cousins like buy like really high end, like whiskeys and scotches. Right. So they have this like hundred dollar bottle of whiskey or uh, scotch. And it was fantastic. It was like, really so you can super good. I was the, I was gonna ask, did you tell them how stupid they were for buying something expensive? But but I don't know. I'm not, not much of a scotch drinker, not much of a whiskey drinker. So so like what's the what's the difference? I guess is the question. Um, like it's smooth. It has like it doesn't. I don't know. I don't want to say that it doesn't burn, but like if you're sipping like a scotch or a whiskey, cheap whiskeys, you can tell like you're drinking cheap whiskey. And then like the, that expensive scotch. So my grandpa was always, you don't, you don't take shots with whiskey. You sip whiskey. That's what my grandpa like forever would say, like whiskey's for sipping. Right. And so that was kind of our thing. Like you have to sip whiskey. And so the scotch, like the Jameson, like just pound it. Right. So there's no problem. You take a shot of it. And then the scotch, when you're sipping it, it's enjoyable. Right. So we've sat down and had cigars and like drank whiskey. Right. That was kind of tough for me to do. Like when you have a, like a 
super cheap kind of crappy whiskey. That was tough for me to do. When it, with this expensive stuff, it just wasn't. I'm not like a connoisseur or anything, but it was easy to drink. Yeah. And I, th- I mean, I think if you're like set in the mood, you know, like that, that seems like a pretty good like ritual way to like let someone go. I, yeah. I think that's, I think that's fun. I think that's good. I think that's healthy. Like, I don't know, kind of morbid, like talking about like your own funeral, but like, why would you want people to not have a good time? You know, like part right. of mine is going to be like, Hey, this life insurance policy, 10% of it's going like throw, throw a farting party. Like let's yeah. let it rip in. And I'm going to add to my will that I want you and Riley to shotgun three sun drops Done. <laughs> in front Done. of Done. Do it. All right. Uh, for like, yeah, like, I guess like talking about your own funeral is kind of like kind of morbid, but like, I for sure just want like a, like a pyre. Right. So you'd fucking burn me right out in the middle of nowhere. Just throw me in a fucking, throw me in a fart and campfire. <laughs> Uh, and I like, I think it would be awesome to have like a traditional Irish wake, right? Have you seen those in like movies where they're like the, you're in the fucking bar, you're in the bar and like, everybody's just partying, right? I think that'd be cool as hell. Yeah. I, I think, so if we do that for you, I'm going to, no, that, that would sound weird. I I was going to do some cannibalism stuff. Uh, <laughs> whatever, dude. <laughs> like, hey, let's, let's just try it. He's in the fire already, cook. <laughs> but Kelly told me she would not drag me into the woods and leave me there. Like, that's my first choice is that you're just like, I'm out there and I'm gone. But I get why you need this process too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I, I think you gotta gotta show up i i mean obviously i can't even articulate what i try to say like when you talk about death because it is kind of weird but yeah like i said you want to party like i've been to some funerals i've had some good times at some funerals (laughs) like like and I, i think that's like what someone that passed away would would want so so that was cool cool that you got to at least have a good time out of a bad time yeah so it's a bad day but it was a good time right so the day's day is tough but i don't even think like that needs to be like a way that you think about it like it could be a good day like who fucking knows what happens like maybe it is yeah. a good day you know you're not wrong about that so all right is i forget you did yeah fender bender and then okay all right so my under happened today so i've had a pretty good week i'm on orders this week i like being back doing the air force thing i think uh active duty people think guard people are crazy because i miss i miss doing my air force shit like when when i haven't done it for a while the guard is perfect for me like i come in like and i'm i'm excited to go to work my under would be is like I'm two and a half hours away from home. 
So like, I don't get to go back home. So I think like in a perfect guard world, I would get to drive back to my house. So then when I'm gone, you know, you miss your family. So that, that would be my under, but then I had another under happen to me today. So we're staying in, it's kind of like a hotel room. They're dorms, but like they have their keyed like hotel rooms. So like you swipe it and then you get in and I'm doing rescheduled drills because I had, I had a couple of drills to make up when I was switching units. Shit happened. Like I didn't drill for like three months because I was switching units and the paperwork was in government land and someone wasn't pushing it to where it needed to be. But anyways, I turned in everybody's keys and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm still going to be here, which very honest mistake. But anyways, my keys. So I went to the gym after work today and I got back to the room. So all I had was my phone, my headphones and my room key because I was at the gym. And I try to get into my room and they like cut my key out. So I was locked out of my room. My car keys were in there. My wallet was in there. Everything was in there. But thankfully, I had my phone. So it wasn't too much from under. I called uh, my supervisor. He called somebody else. I had to just walk probably a half a mile longer than I would have. So it was good for me. So probably turned into an over, got some, got some extra exercise out of it. And then got the master key out of the deal. Not that that's a big deal. I'm not going to go into everybody's room tonight. I could though. Yeah, you could. My over for the week, kind of along the same lines, uh, switched units, kind of got in with this unit real good, real quick. So that was nice. Uh, Cause it was tough leaving my old unit cause I liked them so much, but now I came down to this unit like these guys just as much. So good to go. Mine was more wholesome this week too, Mike. Um, you're rubbing off on me. Yeah, there we go. All right. From overs and unders, we're going to head to spicy meatballs and Riley already teased his. So I'm going to let Riley let it rip first. Yeah. I, I just think my spicy meatball, I don't think this is, I think this is regional. I know it's more for, I know being from Wisconsin, you don't get exposed to this as much, but seafood, I guess specifically like shell food, like lobster, crab, anything you have to crack a shell and get meat for is just a waste of time. And it's not even worth it. Like it's good. So the crawfish I had this weekend, like the meat itself, great meat, but I had to hold like two uh, plastic platefuls, two pounds of crawfish. And I had that and it still barely filled me up. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not worth the time to, cause you just get messy. It's like 30 seconds to, you know, crack the meat, get all that. And half the time it's not even a good piece of meat. I don't know. I just don't think seafood's worth it. Yeah, crustaceans. I am a hundred percent on board. You like crab legs, like people who like crab legs blow my mind. My brother-in-law, Matt, shout out to you. I don't know if he still listens, but that guy can eat crab legs like a freaking champion. Like I'm sitting there like trying to crunch it with like one of those tools, 
he knows how to like crack it and eat it. I think if you can do it efficiently, it's not bad, but if you're not doing it every day. Yeah. And I definitely think it's regional too. Cause I think we're so used to the beer battered Friday night fish fries compared to like, you know, lobster crab. So like, I definitely prefer the beer battered fish, but that's just, I, I haven't ate lobster too many times, but I think the way to roll is like a lobster tail where it's just like the meat that you get out of it. Like there's no work in a lobster tail. There's a little work for the, the claw meat and stuff like that. But if you get like a good lobster tail, do that when, when you got some money and you're going out on a fancy date with Paige, uh, get lobster tails. That shit is phenomenal. And the meat, it's just there for the picking. It's there's no she, extra work involved. Paige is obsessed. She's the one obsessed with crab legs and stuff like that. So I'm sure she's had that before. And like, I just can't get on board with it. Like it's her favorite thing. And I just, I don't know. can't get on board with it. It's tough. No, I agree with you. I'm not <laughs> Mike. You got an opinion in the matter. I don't think I've ever had to like crack my own shellfish, honestly. I don't think so. Like, so it's de- your so, mom doing it for you still? Like cutting up <laughs> your steak for you? Like so uh we didn't I do not remember ever having crab legs not once. Like never right. eating them. You've never had them. Mm-mm. They suck, like don't. All right. They smell <laughs> leaving the fridge. Uh so I know that we would have like the imitation crab shit at the house every now and again, but like actual crab legs never so i feel like if we were going to eat like relatively fancy in our house both my grandparents owned beef cattle we have steaks if we were going to have something fancy yeah it's right true. or like prime rib or something that's so, good shit though yeah i think i would not lobster so gab i took gabby to i've had lobster tail yeah, right. That, but I haven't. But it's not a. That's not cracking open. No, like not at all. There's no restaurant that comes to you opened up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of forgot where I was, going. but yeah, crab legs too much work. Crawfish though, Riley. There's there's definitely a method to it, and I even think like with like full on lobsters. So one of my good buddies, Don. He was born in Maine, whatever. Anyways, moved to Florida, but he's got Maine in his blood. And that guy can pick apart a lobster like no problem. The stuff that takes me a long time to work on, he just had it figured out. Knows how to like break it down before you eat it. I think that might be a trick too, is like do the work in the front end and then... But I don't know if you can do that with crawfish because you got to suck the asshole stuff out. It's the head. You suck Good. the head. You suck the head. Oh, juice you suck out. the head guts out. And the the meats by the ass. So, there we go. Um, no, so we I had a, the person that made it went to school at Old Miss, so Oxford, Mississippi. So it was like really good, and everybody like loved it, and I just kind of felt bad that I just. Like it was good, but I just didn't feel that same. 
feeling, <laughs> I guess. Like, I felt bad. Yeah, you should, you asshole. I know, I know. <laughs> All right. Tell him like next it. time to crack him for you, right? I mean, that's probably what I need. Somebody <laughs> to crack it for me. But I like, so crawfish is weird because I don't think you could do, like, I think you could do that with a lobster, like, have someone prepare it. But crawfish, man, you like your hands are getting dirty. Like, yeah, yeah, it's and, and like people do, like they take so much pride in the work they put in to like mm-hmm. make it. So I get what you're saying is like if you didn't enjoy it, but you know damn well. I'm sure you're the same way too, Riley. Like you're not saying like, oh, this is inconvenient. Like while you do, no, no, I, <laughs> no, I, and I. Like I, it was, like I said, it was really good, but I was like, they all know I'm from Wisconsin. So they were all kind of just watching me because they knew I haven't had it before. And I was asking questions and I just felt like everybody was watching me getting my, it was weird. It was How do you weird. feel about that though? Do you think it's fun um, or does it bug you? It, it's all right to a point. If they You're like critique. Good at taking shit though. I, I remember that from when you were real little were still you were better at taking shit than me like it only gets me when like so this is this is what pissed me off this week on during that some guys you yank or like something like that i'm like what do you want me to do about it dude like i've just tried some crawfish and like he was like you yankee what are you doing like it was just weird and i couldn't tell if he i'm sure he was kidding but like it was just i know some people are like that you tell well, him they, you yeah. keep talking that shit and you'll be yanking in his wiener right off. No, it was it was the same day the Bucks played the Mavs, lost. Oh, the Brewers played the Rangers, got blown out. I know it was spring training, but I was talking a little shit. And yeah, that happened. So but just offering to go ice fishing, like ice fishing where you sit on a fucking bucket, you know, out so, on the lake. With just that, you're on a bucket with your pole. You we, know. we have two. So one of my my close buddy, his family's from Waukesha, and then some other person I'm I watch soccer with. That's where the crawfish boy was from. That I'm good friends with. His family's from Chippewa Falls. So we have like people that are like used to Wisconsin. But with him, I'm sure I could probably say that, and he'd freak out. People who live, even you, probably both of you guys right now like if you had to sit outside in 20 degree weather in like that's cold you guys don't experience 20 degree weather very often like going deer hunting again would be pretty challenging for someone who is living where it's 50 all year round yeah and i think deer hunting sucks like all all around like i enjoy venison so like I, i'm not like a deer hunting complainer but I definitely do think, because that, that's where I was going to go with this, is like sitting on a bucket in a ice fishing, like just the bucket. I think people pretend to enjoy that. I know they don't, but like in my head, like I was like, they're, they're pretending to enjoy that. That's, that's See, it. the other angle from that, they'll just say, do, do a summer in Texas, because it is, it is brutal. It's like a month straight of 100 plus or you know like 95 plus that gets brutal too so i see both sides you just kind of got to pick your poison and i just prefer per cold or warmer weather in winter so 
I'm built for humidity. I mean, I stink, but like <laughs> it, it is way nicer on my body. I think I touched this on the last episode, like, or actually maybe it was two episodes ago. But when I went back up to Wisconsin, like I did not feel good. Like my, the winter weather got to me, like my skin <laughs> dried out, my throat dried out. It was awful. But like, I, I, come, I come back here and I'm like, all systems go sucking I, that energy from the sun. When I went up for Christmas, I like got sick. I don't know if I was sick, but like same thing. Like the day I landed there, came back like 24 hours later, felt like perfectly healthy again. So I don't know if it's just me being a bitch or what. So that was that was COVID, probably. You know, just hit you for a couple days or a day. Good. <laughs> Hopefully. That could be. All right. Spicy meatballs. I'll go next, Mike. I'll let you clean up hit. Do you got a cleanup shot? Uh, I don't know that I got a good one unless you guys heard me with a good one. I know. So so we're going to do spicy meatballs, but I know I'm going to touch the Packers. I was going to put this in the notes, and I was like, (laughs) I'm going to do my spicy meatball, and then Mike's like going to be like a puppy. And he's just going to go on for forever about the Packers. So my spicy meatball, I don't think it's that spicy, but like I'm Homer all the way. Uh, So I think this year, Amari Rogers and Alan Lazard, I think he's still a restricted free agent, but we're going to sign him back. And I think they are both due for breakout years. Everyone on Twitter is like, we need another receiver. We need another receiver. Like, what do you think these guys are doing at home? Like, it's so – and, I mean, it's warranted. Like, sure, yes, we we, we do need another uh, weapon out there. But these two have to be feeling like there's some disrespect. And I, I think Alan Lazard and Amari Rogers are going to break out. Um <laughs> I agree with Alan Lazard. He's a great wide receiver. I don't think I've seen anything pro- like, yes, Amari Rogers has made plays, but like I've seen nothing to say that he's going to be like a productive wide receiver. Oh, the- you the- are going to be so wrong. I'm so glad we talked. No, I, I, I was. I'm so, was, glad. I'm I'm so, so glad. I thought I, I'm flipping so that forever. <laughs> if, if Alan Lazard's wide receiver won, Yes, we'll still be a good team. I just I don't see how that's a better option than getting one of the older vets for a vet, you know, lower salary if they took it or like a first or one of the two first round draft picks we have on a wide receiver heavy draft. I just I don't get why we wouldn't do that. But yeah, and like I said, my spicy meatballs are always tame because. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with like going out and get some talent in the draft. I'm just saying, I don't know. Someone's probably already had this take. Like how, how do you think it makes you feel like when you have a job and you're there and like everybody is just like, Nope, these guys aren't good enough. Like we can't, we can't do it with these guys. So I love that that happened to these guys because I don't know. I know what I would do in that situation if obviously I'll never be 
in the same exact situation, but like they're going to be working their asses off and they're going to be like, all you people that forgot about Dre. <laughs> Talk about yeah. I agree. So I think that the wide receiving core that we have currently in Green Bay could be just fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know that you need to like have something better than what we have currently. I don't know that if you draft someone that we will have someone better. I mean, after year two, I know guys that thought Devontae Adams should get cut after yeah. year two because he did not play well. Right? That's kind, kind of that's kind of exception to the rule though. Like I don't know many no, Why they did it. It's it's not. It is what it is. Like he was I a, think it's actually closer to the rookie. rule. So I do. His, remember James Jones, like big drops, like in the Super Bowl run? Like people were like, James Jones, fuck that guy. Like, and then he comes out and yeah, in in the people's defense, I think James Jones dropped some easy balls, but he caught some balls that you're just like. He wasn't supposed to catch that one, and that's kind of how he rolled. Uh, so I think that in wide receivers in general, the historically, year three is the year they break out. Um, so Roger Amari Rogers isn't there yet, so he'd be in year two. He's probably still going to have some learning curve. We are getting spoiled by watching guys like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, a few of those type of guys, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, really play super well right out the gate. But historically, it takes a few years for guys to get to like a productive level. Obviously, there's there's guys that are freaks like Randy Moss who didn't take a year but he even him he like was the greatest out the game right but the greatest game he like played was against dallas right and he had three catches in the game the reason it's his greatest game is because he had like 157 yards and three touchdowns on three catches that was his greatest game of his rookie the other piece of that is he's playing across the the field from a Hall of Famer, right? And Push no rookie. Expert and no, I'm just kidding. I like Chris Carter. Push off expert or not, like he he's a Hall of Famer. I'm like 99 sure. And rookie advice giving expert. Make sure you have a fall guy. I respected that that advice. Like he's like. You're the one making money. If your buddies are going out with you, make sure one of them's going to take the fall for you. That's Chris Carter advice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought it might be Ray Lewis advice. So, <laughs> yeah, Ray, Ray Lewis could have used it. I guess I. So I he did use I it. Do, uh, I do think Alan Lazard will be a good wide receiver. I just have no faith in Mari Rogers. I guess is. But I, I, I just don't think he's as good as what he should be and what we need him to be. But I would say is just look at the Packers like model of receivers. That's one thing. There's always like something every year that I re 
or not re-catch, but like catch and realize people just keep regurgitating the shit is the Packers wide receiver drafting model. Like Jordy Nelson, his first year there, his second year there, not that great. His third year, like Mike said, that's when these guys start showing up. Donald Driver, same way. Greg Jennings, maybe year two. I'm, I can see what you're saying about Amari Rogers is like, and maybe maybe he doesn't look quite like that, but like, I think Amari Rogers is I, a hell of a receiver. I think what we need to add something, regardless, even for depth too. If if we're set at not or keeping that three of Lazard, Cobb, and Rogers, because our depth, who's after that? Like, I, I couldn't even tell you who's after that. So I just feel like we need to add something regardless with if I am fine, if we do keep it, like you guys say, I just, I think they're going to be missing out on some good opportunities, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I don't, just, I don't, I think we need to add something regardless. I'm sure we will in the draft, I'm, but I would prefer that to be in the earlier rounds with better talent. I know, I know that the draft picks aren't relevant to talent. I feel like the top three or four wide receivers are pretty clear to the other ones. All right. We're going to take a little time on this. So Jordy Nelson, his rookie year, he was 23, played 16 games, started two games, 54 targets, 33 receptions, 366 yards, two touchdowns. His sophomore year, zero games started, 31 targets, 22 receptions, two touchdowns. His third year, four games started, 64 targets, 45 receptions, two touchdowns. So it's a slow burn for – But honestly, you got to get to his – The thing is, sorry, if we're kind of debating here, um, but – I just looked at Amari Rogers. He only got targeted eight times all of last season. Didn't play in the postseason. I just feel like players that I could be wrong. I'm sure I am wrong, but players that have the ability to break out, you at least see that somewhat like they get targets. Roger Aaron Rodgers will recognize that, get him the ball a little more. I, I feel like I could be wrong, but getting only eight targets is probably not ideal. He could have been injured too, but even the games he did play, one for three against the Cardinals, one for three against the Lions, I might be missing one other game, but just not that good of numbers, I don't think. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, like we just read off, uh, Nelson's definitely had – or Nelson definitely had more targets in his rookie year. James. So the other thing is, is that they're running a different offense than they did in the past. And Amari Rogers is the fourth wide receiver on that team. Like guaranteed. There's no doubt about it. Lazard, MVS and Adams are all in front of you. And Cobb is in front of you. That drops you to the fifth wide receiver on the team. You're lucky you're on the team. To begin with, five wide receivers is a lot to carry. Um, when we're looking at Jordy's numbers, he they're running a like 
weird spread type offense. And he's probably spelling guys for like being tired to some extent, but he's the third one in there. So you already have driver and then you have Jennings and Jones that are already there when he gets drafted. Yeah, no, I'm trying to look right. Riley does have a good point. If if that is the case too, we do need more weapons for people to kind of shift their focus. Even if that it like an old veteran that will shift, that will get some attention. And I could, that just could be the, the modern way to think compared to like, you know, the Rams model, but I, I don't know. I just, I think that something needs to be added to the wide receiver core. And I'm sure there is, but I just think it needs to be, better talent than Amari Rogers, but I could be proven wrong. So yeah, and uh, we'll see. I could I could be a dumbass too. So my comp here, best case scenario comp is Donald Driver. So six targets in his first year, 49 targets, 21 receptions in his second year, 19 targets, 13 receptions. And then fourth year, 113 70 receptions and from 2002 on you know he was he was one of the men out there so i wouldn't even say he's one of the men right so he's the all-time leading receiver for the packers until adams right yeah oh yeah he, yeah, he was so. a beast. man i miss that guy i think that <laughs> i think that's my favorite packer of all time Is Donald Donald driver so he I does think it have might a, be. He's got a good. That's a good one. Yep, I agree. That's it. That's a, It's definitely a good one. All right, we'll we'll leave that spicy meatball. Um, so the spicy meatball. So we strayed from the conversation. I think Amari Rogers and Alan Lazard are going to break out. But after I looked at that stuff, Riley had a good point. Uh. Amari Rogers might be two years away from the breakout, but he's going to be great. Just wait for it. He just needs a better smile. Down driver comps in there. Mike, what you got? My, and I've been told that this is not actually like a, like a hot take or whatever, or spicy meatballs, what we call it here. But I don't think the Packers take a wide receiver in the first round. My prediction is, what's that? I was going to say, not the spicy meatball. It's a mildly spicy, right? So, um, and what I would prefer as a fan and the way I like to watch football is I would like to see a defensive lineman and an edge rusher, rusher get drafted. Um, so, and if I said this exact same thing last week, we can just cut all this shit. I want my, I, I think like my ideal, I've, I've run probably like 30 or 40 mock drafts on that pro football focus website, which is really easy to just dick around with. Right. It's kind of fun. I, I was impressed. Like, I love I, you know, all these people like putting it out. So I was like, I'll try it one time. And I was surprised at how easy and satisfying it is. But people it, keep tweeting that shit. Oh, I got another spicy meatball after you're done. But, okay. but yeah, no, it's satisfying. And, Very satisfying. 
Yeah. And so like uh defensive, uh, I think it's Devonte Wyatt from Georgia and um, shoot Ojabo from Michigan. I think that would be my perfect first round. You get both those guys. And then with your, is it 53 and I think it's 53 and 59. You take Watson and um, sorry. Mike's got to pull it up. He's no, you take Watt. You take Watson, and then um, there's a kid from South Alabama, and then there's another kid from Clemson. You take one of them, and you're just okay with it. Um, I think it's Justin Ross from Clemson, and I know his first name's Jalen. I don't know what his last name is um, from South Alabama. I like the South Alabama kid due to the fact that he played basketball and baseball, like one letters at South Alabama in both those sports. And then he's like a, you know, top 70 pick. So I, I think mean, like his, he's an edge dude. No, he's a wide receiver. Oh, okay. Gotcha. O- Ojabo is the edge. And then um, Wyatt is the defensive lineman. And then Christian Watson is wide receiver from North Dakota State. He seems to fit what the Packers look for in a wide receiver the best. So he's tall. He's like 6'3 or 6'4, 210 pounds, and his athletic ability is like off the charts. I don't know. I didn't I don't look enough, like I don't dig into stuff enough where like I know these things. This is just what people are writing. Dude, it's fucking hard. Like, like we were saying in the past, Mel Kuyper. Who's the other guy, Riley? The younger one. Uh, Todd Shea. Todd McShay. Todd uh, McShay. They, I mean, that's their full-time job is to put these guys in the draft. That's why I'm so impressed by, like, how many people have, like, such strong opinions on this stuff. And I I will be the first one to tell you, I do not fucking, or I fart no, like, who's going to be good coming out of the draft. And Even the experts get it their first round like picks projections are like I don't know 50 60 percent maybe and that yeah, and even true. like the later it gets like it just it's more off because so much changes that's so and, unpredictable and I wouldn't even go off like where they're projecting people to go in the draft because that's that's way too hard yeah but like how good they're gonna be when they come out just the first round bus that yeah that go on and on because I, f- I don't know the stat at all but i feel like not many end up signing a second contract with that same team what like for like sure they they could get offered more money but if they're like one of those fringe players i just feel like not many of them work out long term but i don't know yeah no i mean we'll see how the draft plays out I- i'm surprised how many people from that uh, one website, consider themselves a draft expert. We'll take a little break. Our last spicy meatball. So Mike's was, we're not taking a wide receiver in the first round, and we might be all right with it, which, like Mike prefaced, might not be that spicy. And So we haven't done it since Javon Walker, I think. What? 
And was he a first rounder? I feel like he was still a second rounder. No, Walker was like 2001 or something like that. He was a first rounder. He's the last one we took. Okay. Uh, 99%. It's hurt my soul that I can't remember where he was out of. Florida State. Was it? Pretty sure. I don't think it was. Yeah, it was Florida State. All right. So, Riley, our generally, generally, if they they take a guy out of Florida State, I know. Like that was my team, probably until I was like a, you know, freshman in high school or something like that. I like Florida State a lot. I live in the area. They stink now. All right. They so stink my, until they don't. My last spicy meatball is I am sick of how much people express their love for like Tiger Woods being back in a golf tournament. <clears throat> like you don't need to do that. We all feel the same way. Golf is better with Tiger Woods. Everybody knows it. You're not special for thinking that. It just blows. I, I don't know. And I think it's just kind of like a pet peeve of mine. Like people tweeting out, oh, Tiger Woods is back. It makes watching golf like way more watchable. No shit. I, I, don't, I don't think we need that tweet. And maybe I'm the asshole in this situation. No. A, a lot of the times, I'm so, I jumped the gun on this. I feel passionately passionately about this one because I could give two shits less about golf for the most part. And I admit it, I will watch when Tiger watches. But the people who post about it don't post any other time about golf ever. Like they, you wouldn't think they're golf fans unless you saw them say, oh, Tiger's playing, you know, whatever type of thing. At least for me, I feel strongly about that. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just like, I think it could, I think at this point it can be unspoken that golf is better with Tiger Woods. Like we don't, we don't need to see him get as many blowjobs as he was getting back in the day from, from all the people on Twitter, <laughs> giving them blowjobs about being back. Like golf is better with Tiger Woods. I don't need to hear how it personal, how you personally think that. It's just a fact. I'm sure the ratings, we could look them up. They're way better. And it is. It's just more exciting. I don't need to hear everybody say, oh, now, now I'm going to watch golf. But that was my spicy meatball. I seen a, a few too many of those tweets just jerking them off like it was 2008. But uh, so... He changed what golf is by like changing the viewing audience, which in turn changed the playing audience, which has now changed what the pros are. You know what I mean? So yeah, he changed more the than game. more than likely. I never ever like get into golf until Tiger comes along. Right. And then he's mainstream and he's like one of the coolest athletes on the planet. And then kids started enjoying golf. Kids fucking hated golf. I don't know. 
where I grew up, kids hated golf. Where Pat grew up, kids loved golf. But we did um, have like a good golf crowd. We had a really good golf team. Like, yeah, like Mark would probably be upset that I'm saying kids oh, hate dude, golf. The best place to drink in Sparta, if you're not a Sparta person listening to this, which 90% of you are, is the greens in Sparta. Just a good time. Like, I love watching golf on TV. Like I said, it's better with Tiger, but I think that's that's almost unspoken at this time. Like, I don't need to hear people say, like, oh, this tournament's going to be better. It, it's I a think pretty- for sure in the past that you're right. That in the past, it was better with Tiger. And maybe it's better because he was so exceptionally good. But there's guys all over the tour that are just like that are kind of brash they brag they way more excited than they're supposed to be in traditional golf i don't feel like you were seeing the classic golfers like using a ton of emotion i think you see that in almost everybody because he allowed it to happen when you start winning a shitload of tournaments and you do those things, there's nothing anybody can say. You can't kick him off the tour because he's Tiger Woods. Yeah. And I mean, like, he never did anything that would warrant getting kicked off the tour. But I think that just speaks to, like, people like to see genuine reactions to shit. Like, don't hold it in just to spare someone's feelings. Like, bat flips now. Big deal. And and I will say I'm kind of a hypocrite, like, in the fact in baseball. Like, I don't mind, like, a good bat flip in a big situation. But, like, I mean, if you hit a home run in the third inning to make the score two to one, like, I don't want to see it that much. Unless there's something going on between you and the pitcher. So, question for you. If that would get in the pitcher's head, right? So you know the pitcher's a bit of a head case. He's a closer, right? So uh, who is the turnbull, right? So you hit a bomb and you like really just make it look like a, like a huge deal. And you know it's going to like mess with his psyche. Does that change your opinion on bat flips? I think so, yeah. Yeah, show him your cock, like get him, get him <laughs> frazzled. So I think that's a piece of it, right? So I think the mental side of the game is an interesting part with the, like, bragging and doing that kind of stuff. You know, so a guy boasting about what he just did, right? So just, you know, showing showing his cock, like, hey, what are you going to do to fuck me? You can't do shit, right? Think about the way that makes your brain flip. Like the next time this guy comes up, I'm going to do something. And then if you don't that time, then your brain's like, maybe I can't do this anymore. And your performance, because a good portion of you, whatever percentage you want to like put on, I don't care. A good portion of the game is like having a good mind. Just do the things you need to do every time. And if your brain gets in the way, Sometimes you can. Yeah, you just flipped my whole opinion. I, uh, 
I, I retract. Like, that was incredible. <laughs> yeah, I retract <laughs> my statement. That was gold. Uh, Mike is a good arguer, though. I do. <laughs> I, I wanted to bring this up, though. It it did piss me off. So Riley, Mike, and I have like a group chat, <clears throat> as probably expected. And Riley wanted to draft like fictional golfers. And I said there was like three fictional golfers and like Happy Gilmore. And then Mike goes Beggar Vance. And I was like, yeah, yeah, Beggar Vance. I'm pretty sure that's a real dude. And he's like, well, there's a movie about it. And I said, there was a, but you said fictional golfers. And like, Mike just says like, okay, back to me. And I was like, how is that? Like, how is that the response to that? But, but anyways, the bat flipping one, flip your bats, piss them off, mess with your hands. I like it. I think in all, I'm going to add to that in all sports. Like I agree. You should celebrate. I've, you know, whatever. If, but if you're down by a lot, don't celebrate. That's my only thing. Like if you score a touchdown and you're still down four possessions with two minutes, two minutes left, please don't go over the top. If you bat flip down five runs in the ninth, don't bat flip. Um, you know, something along those lines. But if if it's like heat of the moment, emotion, or like what you said, getting in the other team's head, do that. But like if you're down by a lot, just that's where I draw the line. Yeah, because I mean it's it's like dual practice. So yeah, yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree with like Mike's sentiment in that is like if I hit a home run and I flip a bat and I know the next time they're gonna try to hit me, like that's helping the team. Like yeah. Why not? That's where it flips the script on them to be the bigger person. And it's like, I'm not going to hit them. I'm going to strike them out for doing that. But then if you don't strike them out and he gets another rip off you, then you're like, yeah, no, I love that. So good work. Uh, so on, on the flip side, I think pitchers should be doing that same stuff, right? You should be dicking with the guy's head. And they do like that. Yeah. That's one yeah. thing I've always noticed is like a pitcher getting like a big strike and like or a big strikeout in a big situation. Like they can get as pumped as they want. It's tough because like the batter's only coming up, you know, once every nine times. Like, so it's not like it's not like he has to face the same guy again. And it's not like, I mean, if it's a tight knit team, like the guy that was on the on deck circle is maybe saying to the guy that struck out is like, don't worry, I'll get him, get him next inning. And that maybe that makes you feel better. But yeah, the, the tactical battle of the, the mental, uh, what, what would you call it? Mental mental uh, warfare. Yeah. yeah. Or game or whatever. Right. Yeah, um, I think the big difference is, is that the pitcher actually has real retaliation. He can throw at the guy's head where the batter doesn't really have the option to like, Hit it right up the middle. He's got to take what he gets. Like if you, if you hit a guy in the head, I don't know. And he has a bat in his hands. I think. Yeah, never mind. We we won't go down this rabbit hole. I remember another great thing that Mike told me back in the day was like, I think the Brewers were in some shit. Like with Prince Fielder walking shit off, like stepping on the plate and like best celebration of all time. Like the bomb goes off and the whole team falls down. And then I think it was like against the Pirates. 
uh, the Cardinals were mad about it. And then they, they didn't even throw out like Prince Fielder. They threw out like Ryan Braun. And I remember Mike said, I would just throw at Molina's head every time he came up, like <laughs> just, just aim for his head. And like, just the deterrence of like, Hey, if you hit one of our guys, we're going to throw at your catcher's head as hard as we can every time. Like, I don't, I don't care if this pitcher gets kicked out. I Mike had a better argument, but so, and here's, Here's the reason you throw at the catcher, right? So Molina is easily the staple to that team. Oh, he yeah. is the glue. He is the, the guy that, that that whole team revolves around. I mean, there's other good players on that team. At the time, there was Pujols on the team. There's other good players. You take Molina off the Cardinals for the last 20 years, whatever, however long he's been there, I'm sure it's not 20 years. You take him off that team, they're yeah, a different yeah. thing. They're a different now. A few years removed from what I said there. I don't actually remember saying that. I, I appreciate that I did. I like that <laughs> attitude. Um, Molina might be the last guy in the league I throw at. That guy just might slit your throat. He he seems me like a, just a guy that'll do anything to win baseball games. Yeah. No, and Molina's the guy that I hate the most that I probably – take a step away and I'd be like, I'd love if Molina was on my team. Like, Yeah, a hundred percent. Molina would much, probably be my favorite baseball player of all time. So one, one of the big ones I remember, I think, I think it was Brandon Phillips on the Reds. Uh, like had a, had a beef with the Cardinals aired it out publicly. And then when he came up to the plate, like he was like tapping Molina, like playfully. And like Molina was just like not having it. He's like, fuck off, like hit your ball. I don't know. He's just ride or die Cardinals all the way. So defensively, he is an excellent catcher, an excellent catcher. And then offensively, he's dangerous too. Yeah. Yeah. He came up big. Him and old gold shit. Don't like that guy. All right. We're going to shift gears here. Uh, we are doing the Masters Sun Drop Challenge. We're going to try to roll through this quick. I hope you guys have your phone handy. Uh, like we said, uh, maybe we haven't said it yet, but <clears throat> we we love Tringali and Gooch, and they're both not in the Masters. So our challenge, I'm going to read it off here. Because this is going to be news to me, and maybe you guys read what I wrote, but this this is how we're going to do our master's stuff. So, snake draft, choose five, use four. So, it says, this one involves a bit more effort because you, you, you have to use to organize the, a draft, and you have to read this, apparently. So, start by drawing from a hat. To, ter- to determine the order of the draft. Once determined, you do one, two, three. We're pretty good at snake drafts, so we get that. So if Riley gets the first pick, Mike gets the second pick, third, whatever. We're snake drafting. We, we get that. We hope you get that. Each player chooses the best golfer still available 
when it's their turn to draft. Once the tournament is completed, you take the best four of your five scores and add them together to get your final score. Whoever has the lowest total wins. Any golfer that doesn't make the cut gets assigned an 80 uh, for rounds three and four. Choose the winning score as a tiebreaker. For example, if the winner is minus 12, whoever guessed closest wins the tiebreaker. I don't think we're going to need the tiebreaker, but we are going to draft five golfers. We're going to use four of them. You have to use four of the golfers and the lowest combined score wins. So what are we going to do? So let's just draft four. No, we'll, we'll draft five and use four. Or okay. we can just draft four. That's fine. Aren't you going to just use your top four picks? Or if somebody squeaks in, do I get to use them? Yeah. No, you pick five. Like, one's your safety valve. So it's like, right. okay. And I am going to pull up. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I guess for my first pick, I'm going to go John Rame, Rom, John Rom. Damn, Riley, you just hurt my soul there. You good. I, I, you corrected it. You corrected it, John Rom. You're John good. Rahm? Okay, John Rom. If you if you uh, can say what country he's from, I'm gonna knock five. Well, unless it tells you on your phone, I'm gonna knock five strokes off your game does it say on your phone you be no. honest no 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 no, no. like i just have the odds up okay what country like germany no spain nah. <laughs> i think i could be That's wrong now i want to look all right mike who you got I'm going to take Scotty Shuffler. Got no idea which country he's from. America, probably. Yeah. He's the number one player in the world. He must be from America. That's not true. Nope, it is true. Yeah. No, he is. All right. I'm going to go with Dustin Johnson. I he think from he's from Des Moines. I do not know that, actually. Not that I, I think it's Dustin Johnson that's from Des Moines. And then I'm gonna go Brooks Kepka. And then it's Mike. I'm gonna go with Victor Hovland. And I have no idea where he's from. Probably Russia. Where he is on the odds sheet. Yeah, I don't know where he is from, but so I got one 20 to one odds on Hovland. Um Give me, oh yeah, plus two thousand. Give me Brooks Kepka. I already got him. Pay attention, Dude. you bitch. You're right. You're right. Cameron Smith. Give me Cameron Smith. Cam Smith. And then Dustin Johnson. I got Give him. Me it's too. Dustin Johnson. Pay, that's from Des Moines. Pay attention, Riley. Would you? I got Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. I looked at you. Okay. You're right. Yeah. I'm picking the best pick. Give me Rory. Rory. All right. Back to you, Mike. 
I'm going to take uh, Jordan Spieth, I guess. Oh, he's gonna I don't think he's that good a golfer anymore, though. He is. He just blows up. Um, I am going to go with Colin Markawa. And then my next picks are going to be just my favorites, which people are going to shit on. And I'm going to go Adam Scott. And it's back to Mike. Debate here. I'm going to take Lewis. Oost poison. Oost poison. Oost poison. Something. I think it's the Louis Oyster. Yeah. We we might have we should have brought Craig on for this one. <laughs> that would have been good. Sorry, Craig. We forgot. Uh Riley. Somebody's yeah. gotta do it. I'm just going to get over with Tiger Woods for obvious reasons. Riley's got Tiger. And uh, give me Sam Burns. God damn it. Now I got to find another fucking thing. <laughs> what was your last one, Riley? Sorry. Sam Burns. Ooh, Mike, I got a good pick for you. Give me one sec. Oh, no, Gooch is in it. You got him, man. <laughs> no, I'm not picking one of our guys. We already know they're going to win. That'd be unfair. Yeah, we can't pick our guys. We'll... Yeah, take your time, Mike. Uh, I'll take Matsuyama. Matsuyama. But I don't know why I won't let me into this fucking game. Maybe I already have Matsuyama. And my, I'm going to go Sergio Garcia. Is that the last pick? Yep. Could be dumb. I, I'm pretty sure. So, Rom, obviously, odds on favorite to win it. But, but we will do this. And it's just going to be one sun drop. So, Riley, if you can't get your hands on sun drop, I think I still have some in the fridge. But you can shotgun them on do. I can I can find a I that's like find a way, way worse than punishment. And then shotgun a sun drop. Yeah, but at least sun drop tastes good. Yeah, yeah. Long yeah, dude tastes like dog shit. Uh so now from that's our master's preview. Uh shows you how much <laughs> we know we know about golf. we randomly picked five golfers. We're gonna use four of them. But so I have a question about the Masters quick before we move on. 
and it pertains to Tiger. I should have asked him when we were talking about Tiger a little bit more. Did he lose his leg? <laughs> I don't think so. No. I think he just had like either like a very dangerous surgery or like had multiple surgeries on one. Th- I don't know. I could be wrong, but I know he had like a really serious injury, but I don't think he lost. Right. Leg. He got in a bad car accident. And mm-hmm. so the thing I said after losing his leg in a 2021 car accident, so I was like, Oh, I didn't realize it was like that. I thought like he was just in rough shape and that like his back would be bad. And like all the, like he's 45 or whatever. And like getting back into shape would be challenging. That's what I thought it was. But this thing said he lost his leg. Extensive list of injuries that Woods suffered as a result of the accident. Knocked unconscious, laceration to the lower front jaw, bruised right and left rib cage, fractured right tibia, amphibia, possible right ankle injury. The report read when describing the injuries, the state of Woods' legs is expanded upon later in the report calling the injury an open fact fracture mid shaft on his right leg below the knee he considered amputation but he didn't lose okay thank you okay thank you rather i was just wondering because i saw that night like i had not heard that announced Mm. right i had heard announced that like the masters might allow him to play with a cart which is a no-go that's not allowed for anybody ever. I want to say that there's a guy, there's a guy that like has been in a wheelchair his whole life or something like, or not a wheelchair, but yeah, I remember what you're talking about, but Uh, basically he can stand for a minute and he's like a great golfer. And they were like, if you can't walk the course, you can't play. Yeah. But he, this is technically too. So that probably does make a difference. Yeah. No, it, I mean, it sounded fake. I'm sure there's someone out there that reported that he got his leg amputated. Uh, so th- this is a tweet that I read like yesterday or like, or an article that I read like very, very recent. Right. And so I was just like, I didn't think I heard that, but I could have just missed it too. No, I'm pretty sure it's reconstructed like pretty good. Like I broke the shit on my ankle. But I think his is like, I think his his ankle and foot are like pretty much metal now. But I am talking straight out of my ass. So don't take this to the bank. Don't tell your friends that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure his legs are reconstructed like my ankle is reconstructed, but a lot worse. Like, I think there's, I think there's a little more metal in his, in his leg. In other news, the national championship happened, and I don't know why we didn't get to this earlier, but I think it was just because I didn't really give a shit who won, and I wrote this. Me watching the game, it's at 9.20 on Eastern time. Like, that's – someone needs to be arrested. That's awful. Like, I had to work at – 645 in the morning the next day. So no way I was staying up for the whole game. So 
I toughed it out and I stayed up till probably 15 minutes left in in the second half, which was looked like it was a big mistake on my part. But then I went back and watched it. So looked like Kansas was going to blow them out early. And then North Carolina found their ground. And then it looked like North Carolina was going to fucking blow Kansas out. Kansas ate North Carolina's soul in the second half. Um, North Carolina's last three shots were just absolutely dog shit. They had three chances on one possession to hit a game-winning shot, and they did not get a good look to save their life. I don't know what you guys got. I don't have a breakdown of, like, names and shit. No, I – I mean, I feel like for what I got out of this, I think the Kansas was the better team, which they won. Um, something that was a decently big story. I think the spread was four points to Kansas, and they are up five points. And then they, I think they stepped out of bounds or something towards yeah. the end of the game. Yeah. And then um, North Carolina hit a shot for a backdoor cover, which – a lot of people lost some money on that, but that was the most interesting thing I got out of that besides that comeback that you mentioned. Yeah, no, it was a crazy game. Like, I, I was surprised by it, but honestly, I think, like, how how Mike's opinion is that they, they try to get, like, the biggest fan bases, like Duke gets all the calls, Kansas gets all the calls, North Carolina gets all the calls. They just... Maybe it's true, and maybe that's why I'm not as interested, like, when it's not a team that hasn't been there, done that before. But having two teams with, like, so much success in the finals, I mean, it it was a great game, but, yeah, I wasn't as interested as I would be as if there was someone scrapping for their first title in that yeah. so i feel like all the interest and i i think everybody was so focused on duke north carolina that the final lost some of its uh like prestige at least this year because yeah. every everybody cared more about duke north carolina i feel like more than who won the national championship and if we had a show before the game i was going to that was my call is kansas is going to win this one because it's like when Wisconsin beat Kentucky and it seemed like the national championship was played in the semifinals. Like I was like, North Carolina already, that was their goal, knock Duke out of the tournament. And they did it. They made sure Cody <laughs> K didn't get that victory lap. That stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> Suck a dick, you stupid bitch. I don't know why, but I just, don't like that guy. Uh, so I heard something to the opposite effect of that, that now I don't, I didn't look the numbers up. This is what somebody at work told me. The Wisconsin Kentucky game is the highest rated college basketball game or like most viewed college basketball game of all time. 21 million people. And the, like the other night was just 17 Right, so highest viewing of all time is a team that 
never gets to the final four. If that's true, you're right. I mean, obviously, I'm engaged in that in that one because of Wisconsin, but like it did seem bigger. But like I didn't know. Like I was in Mississippi at the time, so I was in SEC country talking shit to everybody in SEC country. (laughs) It did seem bigger. I do think sports are kind of on streaming services and stuff and yeah like entertainment is just better as a whole so i think that probably has something to do with it is like people are just like i'm getting pretty good at tuning into shit the next day which is probably a problem for their for ratings like that but i mean i was watching so i i would have been one of the numbers like on but yeah, yeah, so, I don't know. It was and like I said, just something I heard. I assume it's right. The guy, I trust him, right? But that doesn't mean he's right. Like, there's things I think I'm right about, and I'm not. And to that extent, uh, Duke would be one of those things. I wasn't right. I thought Duke, kind of no matter what, gets the calls, gets the deal, ends up in the finals. That's what I thought would happen. And I honestly thought that they'd basically give him a championship to end his career. Not correct. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God they didn't do that. That's what they did to Elway. That's the only reason you beat the Packers. I agree. But then (laughs) then they gave him another one after that. Too much. Too much. Way too much. Elway's hype grew. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. All right. We're going to do our favorite teams on the fly. That's what we're going to call it. Uh, In favorite teams on the fly, we have many micro segments that we are going to fly through. So clap bombs with Pat. That's our Predators portion. So since the last podcast, the Predators went two and two. Uh, they dropped to seventh in the Western Conference, so it's pretty competitive. Might be fighting for our lives uh, for that last playoff spot. And then we are going to go to grunting with Pat. Uh, Riley Opelka got his butt kicked. No BJ. Put it in a hole with Pat. We already talked about golf. So now we are going to take a sharp left turn, and we're going to go to turning left with Mike. Mike Howard Martin. All right. All right, Martin Truex Jr. uh, finished fourth. I don't remember what the race is because they're just races. Um, And finished fourth in whatever race. Richmond. In Richmond. I believe he led for a boatload of laps, maybe 80 laps. Yep. Led for 80 laps. Did well. He's killing it. Great race car driver. Easily the best race car driver in all the land. Um, and I did get a, a shout out from uh, one of my cousins. He's like, good work on picking, picking Martin Truex Jr. as you guys race car driver. That's the way to go. He's obviously the best. So I do love, and I know I've said it in past podcasts. That's like my favorite pick of the random picks that we had, but yeah, led for 80 laps. Now he's 10 place in the cup series i feel like he fell back he took fourth and fell back so and he led for 80 laps which should be 
a bunch of points. Isn't the I, point a lap? I still haven't I, looked into that. I don't know how the points work. I'm just saying, like, leading lap should be mm-hmm. important. I think it is each lap led you get a point. At least it, that's how it used to be. I could be wrong now, but. Denny, I want to say, no, not Denny Hamlin only led for five. He's the guy who won it. But there were guys that led for like 122 and another guy who led for 128. Yeah. And who gives a shit, though? Like, I don't think that's how it should be. I don't know how it is. Maybe maybe I'll do a cup breakdown when there's there's a lull in other sports. But that would be like saying, like, the Falcons led in that Super Bowl, so they deserve more points. Yeah, I, I don't think you should get points for leading laps. You get points for where you finish. But anyways, from there, we're going to, from turning left, we're going to go back, way back to the back of the onion bag with Riley, and he's going to give us our soccer breakdown. Yeah, to uh, uh, quite a few things happened. U.S. got there. Uh, they qualified for the World Cup, got their group which is England, Iran, and the winner of Wales versus the winner of Scotland or Ukraine. So that's a pretty, I mean, we should get probably second place, should be going through. Brazil also got their group, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. Brazil's, I think, favored it to win the whole thing. So this, according to that, this should be a pretty big cakewalk. They got the better players, so... So what you're saying is U.S. versus Brazil in the World Cup final? Um, I think we're a World Cup early away. We're four years away from the U.S. making damage, but yeah, Brazil could Brazil could make some real damage. I think so. Yeah, and I don't know much about soccer, but when I think of soccer, I don't think of Serbia, Switzerland, or Cameroon. They're all like, so they're all like kind of even on the playing field. They're all very good teams. No one really sticks out between them, but Brazil's by far the best team out of those four. But yeah, so I do have a bit of a hot take here, too, if you guys want to get into that. Let's hear it. All right. So they moved the World Cup to November so that no one in America cares about it anymore. Right. So if that's the middle of football season, right when shit's getting like kind of heavy, like I get that they're in cutter, right? I get it. It's too hot to play in July. They did that bullshit so that America never becomes dominant in soccer. Could be. I, I'll be I, right here. I got to run. Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry, Mike. I'm going to keep talking. Um, It's more because of the, I mean, I'm sure that. It could be deeper than this, but I think it's because it's like 120. And but guitar. The, the conspiracy, Riley, is that they gave it to Cutter to begin with. No, I yeah, no, that's not even a conspiracy. I I think they just offered the most money, <laughs> and there I I actually so they do like a draw where they like tell you who's in whose group. They televise it. And it was kind of eerie because they did like these celebrations and like everybody knew in the back of their mind that if you followed at all with this World Cup, whoever made the stadiums, it's like very anti-human rights type of thing. <laughs> lots of deaths, lots of it, it was a weird feeling, but 
um, next World Cups in the U.S. So hopefully that <laughs> that doesn't happen that time. All right, I missed a little stuff, but I, Riley's a hundred percent right if he said it's in November because Qatar's hot as all can be. I've been there, went to the stadium. I didn't really go to the stadium. I seen the stadium from afar. I think that's why. And with the time difference of it being in Qatar, it does not really matter. So the games are at like 5, 11 or not 1030 and then like one or two ish. And I think all the U.S. games are going to be played in the latest slot, but it's on like a Monday, Thursday and like Sunday, which obviously that Sunday might not get as many views. Could be wrong, but their biggest game against England's on Black Friday. So I think that's going to be that's going to be probably one of the most watched soccer games of all time. Yeah, Riley's going to the pub. What was that? I said you're going to the pub. I'll probably go to a pub. I'll probably. I I, I haven't told my mom yet, but I don't think I'm going to be doing Thanksgiving in Wisconsin because I want to stay down here for the World Cup and then we'll. We'll do uh, Christmas in Wisconsin, but I'd rather watch it with some buddies. All breaking news on the podcast. Yeah, sorry, Mom. Well, t- hopefully I talk to you before you hear this. Sorry, Tishy. <laughs> Your son abandoned you for soccer. All right. Did you guys get to FC Dallas and the Tots? No, I'll run over that uh, Dallas game tied zero zero against Chicago. God, they're boring as shit, dude. Yeah, there we may have to do a last minute switch. This, but I met a buddy, a friend down here watching the U.S. diehard Kansas City fan. So I might be like, I don't have a, I don't really care about MLS. So I'm going to be probably watching a few games with him. So I might be switching over to Kansas City. But we can discuss that later. Dallas is just, they're boring. They're the reason why, like, Americans just hate watching soccer. It's just boring. It's 0 0 1 0. I mean, they did win fair and square, but yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to throwing that one out there. We'll we'll, we'll discuss that with Mike when he gets back. Because I think, well, so I got the Predators. Mike didn't get anything you didn't get anything i got dallas and yeah, dallas. So it would be awesome. dallas and we Tom. we could say we're throwing mike and bone yeah yeah that'll be a surprise when he comes back <laughs> um i'll do uh tottenham quickly tots they had a pretty important game for the, the one other person that may care they won five to one, but the race for the top four for the people who know about soccer, that's those are kind of important uh, spots. That's kind of back on for us. We were out of it that one. We're back into it. So, yeah, nice. big one. So we're in the top four. So that will, next season, if they're in the top four, they'll get to go to the uh, Champions League. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Still quite a few more important games left. I don't know, seven or eight, but each one of those games are going to feel very important. All right. So this is my thing. If if they don't make it into the top four, I'm becoming a Leeds fan because their coach is from. That's Richmond. fair. No, that's fair. I 
I kind of have a soft spot for like any American playing there. So I'm on board with that. Okay. All right. We're going to keep rolling. Riley, I'm going to let you. I got some pretty good bucks watching in, but I didn't get to do any rewatching. So, uh, but I'm going to let Riley roll into bucks in 6D seconds. Yeah, so I got to watch again kind of the big games. I'll Pat, feel free to add anything at the end. Um, the first game that we uh, start on is Bucks versus Sixers. We beat the Sixers by two points. I think in Philadelphia uh, by the score of one eighteen to one sixteen. Um, two good things, two bad things. Two good things I saw. Brooke uh, Lopez played really well. He's fresh off back surgery, so. It's kind of good seeing um, a big man play well for us. Um, another, it's a good win against a, on the road against a conference rival. That's awesome. Some bad things, not a great good or not great bench uh, production. If you look at the stats, I think two or three other people scored maybe more than four or five points. Other than that, nobody else really showed up. And I didn't really have anything else to add other than Giannis just kind of had shitty dad jokes at the end of that game for the press conference. I think it was a good win on the road for a regular season game. Um, Pat, anything to add to that one? We were recording during that show. I was pretty pissed that it wasn't on national TV. We're surprised the Bucs came back. But now the big thing seems to be the MVP race. I feel like in that game, Giannis put himself like as the front runner. But I think with Riley rolling through more bucks and six, the narrative continues. So just just keep that in mind as as these games roll through. So what do you got next, Riley? Yeah. So next game we play, we have a tough schedule. You'll probably see coming up or throughout the end of the season. Next game we play against the Nets obvious conference rival we beat them by a point um Giannis had a last second or was it this game no last game he had a last second block against Embiid uh against the Nets I don't really recall how it ended if Pat wants to throw that in at the end oh but uh this game we won go ahead yeah this game was phenomenal because this one went to OT Giannis stepped up, hit a three to tie it in. Uh, ah, that's right. And, yeah, and Giannis scores 44 points, uh, 14 rebounds, six assists. And I think after this game, you, you'll you hear, like, the, the big media flip-flopping on this. But, like, after this game, Giannis was the MVP. But, yeah, big game, showed up in a big moment. Uh, Durant yeah. only had 26 points. Only, I say only, but – but yeah, I mean this this looks like a team that we could be playing early in the playoffs. And it's gonna be a good series. Uh Kyrie looked fucking amazing to me, like through my eyes. Yeah. Um and they're gonna be a tough team. I guess I don't have much good stuff to add, but Giannis yeah. just will to win in this game just was like, yes, we got. We have the best player in the NBA, I think. And I will say over and over, I am super homer, but he needed to score 44 points, and he did it. 
he also he became three to tie the game. Yeah, that three, he became the Bucks all-time leading scorer off that right. three as well. Um, poetry, I forgot and that. poetry in motion, people. Exactly. So, like uh, Pat said, it was a good win in the regular season. It's a team we can come up against early in the playoffs, and it's good we could beat them on the road. So Yeah, and then the next game, who gave a shit? We sat yeah. talking to everybody. Both teams sat all their starters we got blown out i mean it doesn't it that game all that i got out of it is bench players got good minutes going into the playoffs but yeah and then we moved to dallas where we actually tried to butt heads with them but it was in milwaukee had a buddy there yeah um this is i was at the crawfish for this one i didn't get to see much other than I saw we uh, failed to execute down the stretch towards the end of the game. I feel like the Bucs are pretty good at kind of taking the lead at the end of, ends of games and kind of stepping on the throat. We did not do that this game, and we also struggled. Uh, we gave up. Or they were 15 for 17 at the rim and also shot 42% from three. Those things can be easily fixed, and – the Mavs are a good team, so nothing too much to worry about there. So. Yeah, and I, my big surprise is it probably shouldn't surprise me. I should probably be paying closer attention, but it is how well teams shoot from three against us when we got guys like Middleton, um, Wes Matthews. Like you think those guys will like cover three-point land, like big wings that can get out there. But teams are shooting very well from three against the Bucks, yeah. which I guess that obviously that would go into a bad category. But but yeah, Dallas played a hell of a game. <laughs> they shot 89% from the line, uh, 42% from three, and 51% from the field. And yeah, Luca, Luca's the man. So dude's a beast. And the another thing you can get out of that is teams have to play their very best game to beat us, which it's hard to do over a seven game series. So, yeah. And then none of the the game that none of us have watched yet. So <clears throat> tonight, Bucks beat the Bulls one twenty seven to one hundred six. Uh, and I will just say, the Bucks are. I, do you, what do you guys think? Do you think they give a shit like what seed they get now? I, I think the Bucks are in in position to just I, like we're, we're we'll take all comers. Yeah, I think after last, I don't year, give a fuck what position they have in the playoffs. Yeah. I think the East is ours, right? As a Bucks fan, I'm not worried about the East, and maybe I'm not worried about the West either. We only got to face one team that comes out of the West. Maybe I should be, but I'm not. There's some good teams out West. And, I mean, Dallas showed us that. I don't know. So, But, yeah, I think it's more of a concern in the West. But there's just those heaters of teams. I guess we got Boston Thursday. I think that'll be a little telling. Um, then we got Detroit, then we got Cleveland and Cleveland is a scrappy, good team down there. Um, 
let me pull up the standings in the NBA real quick. We also signed a Spanish guard. He was like the MVP of the Spanish finals in 2020. For what that's worth, his name's Luca Vildoza. I don't know anything other than what I just said, which was a tweet I read. So, yeah, who knows if that guy's going to get some playing time down the stretch. So, right now, it looks like the Bucks are in the three seed. So, the three seed usually plays the six seed, and the six seed is the Chicago Bulls. So they're standing pretty good. So may, maybe there's some strategy to try to get the Bulls because the Bulls are just shitting the bed down the stretch. I think also what we learned last year, we can stand toe-to-toe with any East team. So that kind of eases any doubt in any seed we get. I think we know we can handle any team. So, And that was Bucks in six. All right. So now we're going to wrap the show up. Hypothetical question of the day. We were talking about a little bit of work this week. So what would you rather? And this is very easy to me. So I want to just get your guys' opinion before I say it. Would you rather lose an arm? Or would you rather lose a leg? And we'll say cut off from the knee and cut off from the elbow is is how it goes. So you still got a little bit of both. Mike. Um, which, which hand? <sighs> no, Dominant you, hand or not? What's that? It could be your non-dominant hand. How good is my insurance? I don't know how good's your insurance. This is part of the thing. Like, okay. Fair enough. Uh probably shitty. Um insurance companies just are that, right? I think I'll take so below the knee, I'll take a leg. You can take my leg. All right, Riley, where are you going with this? I'm going to go leg as well. Bad question. I think it's very obvious, uh, the leg. Like, the way your hands come into play in life. Like, I think I wouldn't care if I, I would care. So, it's pretty, like, naive, obviously. Like, neither or none of us have lost either or but i just think your arm would be harder to like come back from like i don't think the prosthetics in an arm are quite as good as the prosthetics in a leg you don't need that much coordination with your leg to pick it up and put it down whereas with your arms if you lose a hand i think the hand is the big thing but you can't lose an arm without losing a hand so the since the arm and the leg hypothetical seem to be a little too easy for us, like I said, uh, we don't know shit about it, so we we could be very wrong. 
But anyways, I want to do the favorite guest that you would hang out for a night that is a celebrity that is not an athlete. They're a celebrity. So I guess you could pick pick someone like Gandhi, but that's not what I'm shooting for. So I, I will lead this one off. My me and another buddy have done our top three before, but I think the top of my list of guy I would like to hang out with because I think he would be a good time is Paul Rudd. So I just like him a lot. I think he'd be like very funny to hang out with. I don't think anything would get out, out of control. I think the next one on my list would be like Seth Rogen, where I think stuff could get out of control. But that that's where I'm shooting is like a celebrity. So you could do dead or alive. So yeah, go? I'll go next. Um See, I'll take it that step further. You sparked. I think Seth Rogen, um, I think he's a good hangout. I think he's like, he's got such a good sense of humor. That's a good one. Another one I was thinking, I think this is also a layup. Will Ferrell. He's such like a good comedian. He's, I think, I don't think if anybody dislikes Will Ferrell, or the movies. Sure, he's got a bad movie here and there, but I, he's genuinely liked by almost everybody, and everybody loves the movie he's in. I think he would just get along with everybody and um, hang out with him. I feel like you just tip a few back and just talk sports. He's a sports guy and a comedian guy. I feel like that's what guys want is humor and sports. It's all you can ask for. I think Will Ferrell would be fun to see behind the curtain, too. Because you don't see Will Ferrell that much, not like in game mode, like being being a character. Like I, I don't think Will Ferrell is who he is in every movie and when he shows up to talk shows. Like Will Ferrell is like game face all the time. I think it would be cool to have like, you know. 15 16 beers with him and see who see who he really is because i mean he he writes for like semi-serious shows i I don't know if you guys seen uh i think it's called better off dead or or something like that but that's not the name of the show it's something but like will ferrell writes for serious shows i think it would be cool to see and obviously he's going to be funny still but I think it'd be cool to see. Yeah. Not I feel like he's Jackie Moon, not. But I would love to see Jackie Moon. I would love to see Anchorman. I would love to see that too. But yeah, cool. I feel like he's I don't think he's promoting stuff, but like you said, he's always like last time I saw him, he's doing like closeouts as Jackie Moon against yeah. the Warriors. And then he does stuff for Anchorman, like announcing teams, but like you never see him sit down interview genuinely talking about his life it's always just some some way like intertwined with a character he's promoting i agree yeah but that amazes me and that's a a thing i love about him is like he's always always in game mode always in character so i got paul rudd 
Riley's got Jackie Moon, Will Ferrell. <laughs> Who do you got, Mike? I got Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I would. It would be amazing to be able to hang out with the whole fucking band, right? So Flea, John Frechetta, Chad, something as the drummer. I, like, I'd be. I can't remember the drummer's last name. That'd be like a, a dream day for me. It'd be better when they're in their like twenties and thirties when they're all like doped up and <laughs> none of them can do anything right. But I think it would be exceptionally cool just to see like their process, right? But that's my band, and that's why. Yeah, I and I don't have much to add, which it surprises me you go in a music way because I feel like none of us are very musically inclined. From Not at all. Yeah. But another, another scenario that I would love to be in is like the South Park writing room. Like... I'm pretty sure like Bill Hader writes for them. And then you got Trey Stone, Matt Park, whatever. I, I get their last. I time. don't know if they still write, but like, like they did at one point for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. The, right. The show. And they're geniuses. Yeah, oh yeah. Those guys are. And that, that's the thing. Like people think South Park is dumb humor. And I think those guys are just so smart at doing dumb humor like it it, it, like like you said it's geniuses writing that shit but i think that is mostly all we have for you guys um we do we do have a big guest i do want to give a big shout out to riley riley's been putting in some work he's been been the mvp this week i I will give give him a bj Riley's getting the BJ for the week. We didn't, I don't even think we gave out a BJ. So Riley's getting the only BJ of the week. Uh, I will say to all of you. Yeah. Riley's crushing it. Thank you guys for listening. We did have a big day. So like someone listened to my advice to download shit on Spotify, Apple podcasts, whatever podcasts, the numbers hit, hit a big jump yesterday. And it did, it did actually make me happy. So, so that is good. So if you guys could do that, thank you. Thank you for listening. I don't know, Mike, what do you got to close this one out? All right. So we appreciate you guys using multiple devices to download the show. We really appreciate the fact that you're willing to listen to us at all. I know I have a shitload of fun on this. If you want me to say the F word more, that's not a problem. If you want me to say it less, I'm working on it. Thank you guys again. Have a good week. All right. And the BJ recipient of the week, what do you got to close this? Um, I'm honored to get the, get the BJ. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, I'm really excited for next week. I think us, uh, uh, we're all looking forward to it. And you guys, when you see uh, the interview or who it is, I think it's going to, garnish a lot of attention a lot of interest for a lot of people so i'm really excited to see how that goes and i'm looking forward to it oh yeah we got a stud coming on so keep listening this 
Yeah, like Mike said, it's been fun. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. And just remember, all you suckers that are doubting Amari Rogers and Alan Lazard this year, the Packers are plus a thousand. Just print out free money for us. So if you got a spare a hundred bucks, you can turn that into a thousand bucks in a football season. Put it on the Packers, and all you suckers that doubted the Packers can eat my shorts. Eat mine too. Rubs off. Like I think the all them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat my shorts.